Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, on the first weekend in January. Welcome 2014. I am sitting in lovely Florida right now, taping the show a little bit early here, uh, going through the holidays and uh, spending some time off. But before I left, I was working on a whole bunch of things for spring 2014. And one thing that kind of kept coming around was my favorite plants. When I sit down to order, when I sit down to think about things, you know, what we need for the next year, I kept kind of coming back to certain plants I gravitate towards. And last week we were talking about perennials and kind of the standard plants that I like to see in every landscape. Now, this week we're going to talk about trees and shrubs a little bit, okay? And not all of these are something that everybody would have in every single yard. And I have a list that's a mile long that I love. But these are some of my top picks and things that I either have in my yard or I'll be adding to my yard. Some of these I have at, at my old home and some of them I've added to my new home that I've just in, a, well, about a year and a half, two years now. It'd be two years in February, I guess. So we're coming up on two years. But I hope you all had a great New Year's. I know we did. We were down in Key West. Uh, now we're up in Florida at my in-laws and just having a blast. Uh, my parents are flying in, and we're going to have a, a great, great time this uh, this week. Enjoying a little sun, enjoying a little family time, laughing, having a good time. It'll, it'll be really a great break away. Things are happening at the Garden Center, though. You know, we're, we're focused on spring. So... Here are some of the plants that I thought every garden in Maine should have. And I kind of lump these first two together. And the first two are crab apples and apples. Because to me, they're interchangeable. It really, you have to make a decision whether you want fruit and some mess or fruit and no mess. What is your goal with this, these two plants? Now, for me, I've planted some apple trees. I'm going for an older farm look. I'm looking to attract some animals. I'm, I'm looking for that, and I've planted them in a way where the mess really isn't going to be a big deal for me. I like the old-fashioned flower that an apple has. I like that old-fashioned look. I'm going to prune them like an orchard. It's kind of a mini orchard in, in effect that I'm, I'm building. Am I going to eat the apples? I'll probably do some, but that's a lot of work. So I'll probably take a trip to the orchard instead. But to get good apples, you really need to do some spraying. You need to be diligent about thinning some of those apples. You need to prune. You need to do a lot of work to get them to look like the quality you buy in a grocery store. So I tend to gravitate a lot of customers towards crab apples. And the reason being is we get the best of all worlds. No mess. Wonderful shape and habit, similar flower to an apple, and fruit that is persistent. And what I mean by persistent fruit is it stays on the tree until the birds decide they want to eat it. Now, some varieties are still have fruit on them, and it takes a long time for certain varieties like Donald Wyman, Sugar Time. There are many varieties that the later the fruit ferments on the tree— it's not available to the birds until that time. I love it because it's winter interest. 
It's a great plant for the off-season. Donald Wyman is one of my favorites. Red Jewel is another. Nice big flower, just like an apple tree. Beautiful small little red fruit all over it, and it just looks beautiful out there in the landscape with a little snow and ice on it this time of year. Now, that fruit will only be taken when it's ready by the birds. They won't eat it before, and then all of a sudden they come through and strip it in a day or two. You'll have this big flock of birds out there. They'll be going to town, but no mess on the ground. You don't have to worry about running over apples with the lawnmower. You don't have to go out there and pick them up every week. You don't have to do any of that. So it's a really nice way to kind of, you know, add that color and texture. So it's great, great plant. I also like the hydrangeas. Now there's a million varieties of hydrangeas. But here are two that I particularly like here from Maine. And I'm talking about these because it's that winter month time frame. And what I'm talking about is arborescence hydrangeas or Annabelle or Incredible. Those two varieties to me are absolutely wonderful. We also have pink varieties. I'm not as wild about those. Okay. Bella Anna, Invincible Spirit. I'm not as wild about those. The reason I love this plant and the reason I'm bringing it up at this point in the season, I'll I'll bring it up periodically throughout the season because I love it that much, is that this is a plant that can be cut back to the ground every single fall or can be put in an area where you have to pile heavy snow. Because if you break the branches down to the ground, it will grow right back to its original size and it will flower every year. So when you look out there in your landscape, And like we were talking last week, you know, I want you to look out in the landscape and look for those areas that maybe need some interest. This, to me, is one of those plants that I love for winter interest. I never cut the flowers off of this plant, and I leave those beautiful seed pods on there all winter. I have six of them in the front of my house, and they're covered with seed pods right now. Now, if the snow beats them down and breaks them, it's fine. In the spring, I just go back, I cut them right back to the ground. They come up to three to four feet and bloom again. Now, if you've got an area where you always have plants and they're always damaged by the plow guy, what do you think I'm going to recommend you plant there? Annabelle or Invincible Spirit or Incredible Hydrangeas. Because they'll take that abuse year in and year out. You can run them over the lawnmower if you want to in the fall, and they'll sprout right back up in the spring and look great. So a really good, good plant for that type of area. And it's good to write that down if you have one of those areas that you want to add something to. Because Lord knows, we've got some snow banks out there now, folks. You know, maybe it's around the out around the uh, mailbox. You get those big snow banks, beat everything up. Great addition to the, to the landscape. Another plant that I love are viburnums. Particularly, I like Shasta or Mauricia viburnum. I love the shape of them. I love the habit in the winter. It's layered branching, big, round. But I love also the white flower in the spring and then the beautiful red fall color. So you get the best of all worlds. You're getting a great structure out there in the off-season can really pick out the nice buds all over the plant. Another variety I like is Cardinal Candy. 
cardinal candy is one that gets this bright red cluster of berries in the late summer, early fall. The birds love it, but I also like the stance of the plant, the way it shows up in the winter months. It's got really nice stems. Its structure looks really good. You see the flower buds all over it. It just is a real nice winter accent. The other variety I love is Emerald Triumph. Now, Emerald Triumph is an improvement of Mohican. Same flower. The one thing I like about Emerald Triumph is it's more compact. It has twice as many flower buds. And the foliage in the fall gets a two-tone color. The interior growth is red, and the exterior growth is still green. And so the fall foliage to me is like night and day. And that plant, to me, is a staple. Everyone should have that. It's an underused, underutilized plant, in my opinion. Emerald Triumph Viburnum. Cardinal Candy is another one that I think is underused. Great for part shade to shade or even full sun. Now, the more shade you put Viburnums in, typically the blooming's not as good and the fall foliage is not as good. But they still grow quite well. So you can give up a little bit and have some structure and have a nice plant. It just won't perform as well. And when I say in shade, probably four hours of light or less. They start to decline a little bit on some of those attributes. Now, another plant I love is Camisiparis or false cypress. It's an evergreen. There's so many different types of within this genus. You've got thread types, which come in green and yellow. You've got obtusa types, which come in dwarf varieties that'll be 2 feet tall, or species types that'll be 15 to 20 feet tall. Very slow growing. But there's so many varieties that they look absolutely wonderful. This is a plant that kind of fades in the summer months when all the color is blooming and everything's looking great. But in the winter, it shines. And with all the varieties that we have available, it's a, it's a genus that can be added to a perennial bed, can be a standalone tree off the corner of your house, or can be an accent out in the yard, standalone. It's got that many uses. And depending on the variety, it's a free-form plant. The only caution you have is deer. The deer can like it. It is a type of cedar. So, you know, they will gravitate to that. So you want to be cautious about deer damage on this plant. But I love it. I think it's a great accent. It's one that should be used in every landscape someplace. And there's a new one called whipcord. That's a thread type that's low in spreading. We've been selling it for about two or three years now. So a lot of new varieties kind of coming on the market. It's big, small, short, tall. <laughs> you know, it really, the variety list really kind of gives you a whole host of different areas. Another plant I love is golden chain tree, laburnum. This is an underused plant. It's sometimes tough for us as a garden center to buy it consistently year in and year out. 
the thing about this plant is it's a terrible root system. It hates to be transplanted. It's best to buy it in a container in the garden center if you can find it. And it needs to be staked in your yard probably for most of its life. It is a short-lived tree. But what I like to call its flowers are like yellow wisteria. Now, not everybody in Maine can get away with this tree. It is a coastal plant. Right along the coast, it's probably a, they call it a zone five. I think it's more like a zone six a lot of times. But only along the coast here we can get it. Probably within the first 20 miles from the coast. If you go inland farther than that, you have to be really protected. This is typically a shorter-lived tree. And it's not because the tree won't live long enough. It's because typically our snow and ice do damage to this tree. It has very weak crotches to the branches. And a lot of times you get a tree that's 10 or 15 years old, and you just think, oh, no problem. It'll take it. That big ice storm that comes through, it'll rip it apart. And then you got to start all over. And it's the most depressing thing for a customer who has a beautiful golden chain tree. Now, this year was the first year we had weeping golden chain tree, which was quite interesting also. So a weeping form, kind of like a weeping cherry, but it's a golden chain tree. I found that to be a really interesting new development, and I thought it would fit really, really well in small yards. Quite expensive, unfortunately, but really, really cool flowers. Just something different. different. And again, this goes back to that winter months showing something different. So instead of this upright form like you can get in so many different trees, now you've got a cool flower in a different form. So you really kind of have this plant that looks like a beautiful umbrella out there with a little snow and ice on it. And personally, I found to be that I think this plant, because it's going to be smaller, it's going to be more weeping down, I think it's going to hold up a little better in our snow and ice. But obviously, only Mother Nature knows that. But like we talked about a few shows before, getting out there and doing some preventative of getting that snow and ice off when we have big storms can be very, very important. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when 